0: Morning. all notice we have still not There we go. Okay. They got they finally got me hot here. Right quickly, I want to uh call your attention to the advertisements, advertisements, announcements, whatever you want to call them, that's rolling up on the, uh, on the screens. Uh, Miss Arlene did this for us, and we thank God for her. If she put these up here and put them together. We'll be adding them. We'll change them and so forth. So that's kind of the way our announcements are going to be going from time to time. And then at the end of the service, like I said, we'll give you opportunity to make any others. This morning, I want to welcome all of our guests. I praise God for you being here. This is uh, has been a long week for Ms. Cherry and I, and uh, I've, I have never experienced what I've experienced this past week of just shutting down. And I just shut down about, about Thursday morning, and for some reason... Well, just whatever. But I've asked Brother Terry to preach this morning because I didn't feel like I could do an adequate job because of the shutdown. We continue to ask you to pray for our, for Mom. Uh, her her blood pressure, her pulse is getting weaker, according to the doctor, and uh, it's just God's timing at this time. But we ask you to not uh, to pray for the family. As such, and my brothers and their their children, wives, and, of course, Miss Cherry and I, thank you so much for being here. We praise God for you being here. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to let Brother Harold and Brother Terry just go with it from there. Let me pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you that we have the opportunity to come before you this morning. Now, Lord God, I ask you to speak through Brother Terry in a mighty, mighty way today. Speak to our hearts, encourage us, lift us up, minister to us in any way that we need it. Now, you bless these, your people, as they've come together to worship you. Father, we thank you for them. But we thank you for your son, Jesus. And Father, we just ask you now, have your way and your will within our lives, within our church. And continue to bless. Thank you for Brother Harold. Thank you for Brother Terry and all the teachers that have already taught this this morning. You bless them, and we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Brother Harold.
1: all right welcome let's all stand please bless the lord oh my soul and all that is is, wi- is within me bless his holy name let's sing that this morning bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his soul. Done great things, he has done great things, he has done great things. Bless his holy name, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all oh that is his holy name he died for my sins he died for my sins he died for my sins bless his Name. Bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus Christ is Lord Jesus Christ Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Maybe he's seated. Maybe we should stand in for this one, but I'll let you sit down. Praise Him! Praise Him! Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, praise Him, praise Him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, sing, O earth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, eyes, archangel in glory, strength and honor, gift His holy name. Hallelujah. Like Jesus will guard his children In his arms he'll carry them all day long Praise him, praise him Tell of his excellent greatness Praise him, praise him Ever in joyful song Praise him, praise him Jesus our blessed Redeemer For our sins he Suffered and died and died He our rock, our hope and eternal salvation Hail him, hail him, Jesus the crucified Sound his praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong Praise him, praise him Tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song praise him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer heavenly portals loud with hosanna ring jesus savior reigneth forever and ever crown him crown Prophetic peace and king, Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Amen. Ever in joyful song. He is our rock let's sing that song 406 in our hymn book the solid rock Our hope is built on nothing less my hope is built on nothing less than jesus christ and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest fame but wholly lean on jesus name on christ's solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand his oath his covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all mine. Oh open stake on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand let's stand on this last verse let's have our ushers come forward this time this morning's offering when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may i then in him be found Rest in his righteousness alone For us to stand before the throne On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand
2: Our worship is not really complete worship until we take the time to give back to God some of what he has given to us. He has been so generous, so gracious to us that the least that we can do is acknowledge him by giving back to him. He has provided for us in so many ways. So as as we come to this point, this is as important as a part of worship as anything else that we do. Let's do it in that spirit of worship. So God gets the glory from the gift to the giver and glory for who he is. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Chris, would you lead us, please?
0: Amen.
3: Okay,
1: let's continue praising the Lord this morning. Now, Hymn Books 254, Holy, Holy. Everybody sing on the first verse. Then I'm going to ask just the ladies on the second and just the men on the third. And, um, And everybody on the fourth and fifth.
3: All right, stand up.
1: Holy, 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 holy. god almighty and we lift our hearts before you as a token of our love holy 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 ladies only Precious Jesus, Precious Jesus, we're so glad you've redeemed us, Precious Jesus, and we lift our hands before you as a token of our love, Precious Jesus, Precious Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and fill our hearts anew. Holy Spirit, and we lift our voice before you as a token of our love. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And we lift our hearts before you as a token of our love. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As the choir goes down, let's sing that first verse again. Holy, holy 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 lord god almighty and we lift our hearts before you as a token of our love holy holy
2: Very good. Thank you so much. Hearing the voices of the children as they're going to their own worship is, is a wonderful thing. I, I think we are blessed to have people willing to work with them and to have the children that we do to, to share with. Uh, I am thankful for the opportunity to be here. Sorry for exactly the reason that I get to be here, but always excited about the opportunity to be able to share the truth of God's Word. In my 40 plus years of, of ministry. One of the things I always like to do with my churches was when we came to a new year to give them a challenge that uh, the message that I preach today will be one that will challenge you in a way that will move you closer to God every day of this year, and that God will be blessed in it. In order to do that, I want to use I'm going to do kind of a character study. If you want to open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter one, I want us to look at the life of Moses. Moses was a hero as a matter of a hero. As a matter of fact, In all of recorded history, who was as great, as mighty, as wise, as powerful a tool for God to use as was Moses. He is he mentioned more in the New Testament than the New Testament character that he has had not only on the Jews but on the world at large. Did you know there are three different religions that hold Moses as one of the important men in the history of their religions? Obviously, the Jews do because he was the leader of the Jews when they became a nation. And also, the Muslims are. He's the highest prophet even that the Muslims have when you read in the Quran. And certainly for us as Christians, we hold him high because of the work that he did in preparing the way eventually for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we owe much to him because of the way he was able to be the lawgiver and all the other things that he did. So there are th- <clears throat> things that happened in his life. That we can compare to what Christ did and that can help us to focus better on what God has for us to do now actually in order to get all of this in Jackie asked me this morning what are you going to preach about and I told her Moses and she said "Um, you don't have enough time to preach Moses I told her, well, at least I've got two shots at it because I've got this morning and tonight. So uh, we do have that, but I, I, you know it's difficult for me, but I will try to uh, measure what I'm saying to the occasion and the time that we have. I want to honor your time as well as God's time in bringing us together this morning for this time. So with that in mind, this morning... We're going to be looking at Moses' birth and ministry to a certain degree. And then this evening, we're going to look at his, at his death. It's not just how a person lives. It's also how a person dies. It's how prepared they are for what's going to happen to them in the end time. And, and Moses is a wonderful example of how God worked in a man's life to give him all the strength he needed to make it all the way to the last breath he breathed. So with that in mind, Exodus chapter 1. Well, no, Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 1 is a reminder of the fact that um, the children of Israel under Joseph had gone to Egypt. And at first when they went, they were welcomed and Um, Joseph, being the man just under Pharaoh, was, was able to position the children of Israel in places where they were comfortable and took care of their needs. There came the time, though, in the course of the story of the children of Israel, that it says there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. The result of that was that as he began to watch how the children of israel were growing stronger and and growing in number in population he began to be concerned about the fact that what was going to happen is there's going to come the day when the egyptians are going to be fighting battles against somebody and those jews are going to rise up against pharaoh and against his forces and so he determined that the thing he needed to do was make sure that they didn't become that strong. And so he decided that ultimately the way to do that was to put them in slavery. And when he put them in slavery, he didn't realize how they were going to respond to that slavery because they only got stronger. They only got more populous. They were blessed by God maybe because of, The fact that they were put in that position of slavery. And so when we come to the story that we're reading this morning, it's the story of a people for who almost 400 years had been under the bondage of slavery to the Egyptians. They, the people of God, the ones who God had promised a place all their own, they had been slaves. You know, when when we study Old Testament theology we discover that in many cases Egypt is a picture of living in the world in sin and that was very true in this case for the children of Israel because the culture in all of Egypt was far different than the culture that God wanted the children of Israel to be in and so as a result they were living in all of these sinful conditions and it was important for God in fulfilling His promise to give His people a land to take them out of the place of sin and put them in a place. Where and declares to all the rest of the world that the most important God, the only God in all of history and the world, is God Himself, the God of Abraham, of Isaac of Jacob, of Joseph, of Moses when Moses was leading the children of Israel. And so the question that we're going to have to deal with today is who is our God? Is our God really the God? Is is he the one that we can trust in all things? Is he the one who can empower us? Is he the one who can guide us? Can he talk to us? Can he tell us what we need to know so that we can walk faithfully before him in the world that we live in? That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Yes. And shouldn't that not be true of every one of us? So the story begins in chapter 2 of Exodus for our study this morning. And a man of the house of Levi went and took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside and when she saw the ark among the reeds she sent her maid to get it and when she opened it she saw the child and behold the baby wept so she had compassion on him and said this is one of the hebrew's children then his sister said to pharaoh's daughter shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. When the maiden went and called the child's mother, then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. The name Moses means drawn out in both Egyptian and Hebrew. And so both both could use the same name, and it would have the same sense of meaning in it. This was the beginning for Moses. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come to you now, we come thankful for the opportunity of being able to come to this place and worship you. And yet, Father, even in a land that has been blessed by you and has been guided by you for all of these years, we find ourselves in a sinful nation. We find ourselves in a nation that needs to come back to you. And we pray, Father, that we can see that happen in the days ahead, that that our leadership and those who are already your children can stand tall and true, faithfully ministering and serving you and looking to you for guidance and direction and blessing for our nation, for our home for our individual selves. Father, we pray as we take the time to look at the life of Moses, that what happened to him can be instructive for us and that you can get the glory. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. If you've ever been to a cemetery, you know that there are are grave markers at the different spots where people have been buried. And on those grave markers, it goes something like this. There's a date when they were born. There's a dash. And then there's a date when they died. Moses was born. 1525 B.C. He lived for 120 years. And so you subtract 120 from 1525 and you come up with 1405, which would be the time that he died. So the first number, 1525, the second number, 1405, represents all of the life of Moses. In the number when he was born and the number when he died and the dash in between, everything about the life of Moses stands. It seems in a way a kind of a shame, does it not, that a dash represents a lifetime When we look at, at Moses, we see one of, one of those amazing ways in which God protects his children. Because Pharaoh has made an edict, and he has said that every male child is supposed to be killed. You can throw them in the Nile. You can throw them in the fire. You can do all of those things, but every one of them has to be killed. Now, you know why... Pharaoh was so mean, don't you, in 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 what he said. It was because every day he bathed in denial. Some of you will get that tomorrow morning. (laughs) Pharaoh did not want the children of Israel to be strong. And he did everything he could to stop them, and yet, The people of Israel were people who believed that God was the one who controlled life and death. It was not for us to say this person needs to die and this person does not need to die. It is for us to let God do his work in the lives of all others. That's why we stand totally against euthanasia. That's why we stand totally against abortion because those are times that God has given life or it's time for God to take life and we need to leave that to him. So Moses had the opportunity of being born and under normal circumstances. Mom and dad would have taken him and gotten rid of him in some way. But when mom looked on this child, as it says in the New King James, he was beautiful. Now, there are a lot of things we could say about beauty and a baby, and not all of those seem to go together. But I haven't known a mom yet who didn't think her baby wasn't beautiful. Oh, the love of the bond of nine months of waiting for that child. The love of the opportunity to see that child come into the world. You can't tell me That God isn't the designer, designer and sustainer of life. And we see that every time we see a new baby born. It doesn't matter the circumstances of that birth. What matters is that a new child has been born. And every one of them needs to have a chance in our world. Even if it was through incest or rape. They need to have the opportunity to live their life. Moses was an ordinary Jewish baby. That means that he was son of a slave. That means in their eyes there was no value to him at all. And yet when mom looked on that baby, the only thing that she could do is do everything possible to see that his life was spared. For three months, I can imagine the things that she would do, putting putting, stuffing around the windows and doors so that sound couldn't get out, all of the things she might have tried to do in order for that baby to be able to live in her house for those three months. But for whatever the reason, there came the point in time when she knew that if she kept him Any longer, danger was going to be very real in her life and in her husband's life. They could be killed for disobeying Pharaoh's decree. So the best thing she thought for her to do was seek God's guidance and direction. And I believe she sought that to the degree that God gave her the idea of making that bulrush basket and pitching it with tar and putting the baby in it and taking that baby down to the Nile River, placing him in where the bulrushes were standing up, and he could partly be hidden. And then, of course, she had a daughter that could watch over that basket to see what the outcome was going to be. Now, again, not by chance, I believe she put it close to where the daughter of Pharaoh went to bathe. This child was special to her, and in her eyes she just knew that God had some special deed for this young man to do when he grew up. When you see children today, do you have the feeling of the potential that lies in that child. Do you see that here God has created somebody that may do something that is astounding to all of the rest of the world, the one who will figure out a cure for for, um, cancer or the one who will do some other amazing and great thing? And so she was going to do everything she could to see that that baby was able to reach its potential. Miriam, the sister, stood from a distance and watched what would happen. And amazingly, or well, maybe not so amazing, the daughter of Pharaoh came. And as she was bathing, she heard a baby's cry. Now, that's part of the reason that, that Jochebed had to take him out of the house is because of the crying of the baby. What is bad in one instance turns out to be good in another instant because when that baby cried, another woman's heart was caught with compassion at what was taking place. She sent one of her Uh, AIDS over, and they found the best basket in the bulrushes. They opened that basket up, and there was a little baby boy crying. And it touched her heart so that she thought, well, this is one Hebrew baby that my grandfather, or that my father is not going to kill because I'm going to protect him. But how could she do that? She was young and a princess and she couldn't have this baby with her in in her house all the time. And so she had to have some means of taking care of him. And of course, God had the answer for that. Ladies, can you imagine being paid for raising your own child? How wonderful, how exciting it was for her that she was making money doing what she knew God wanted her to do. How many times in our lives should we and could we be rejoicing because we are able to serve God in some way? It doesn't matter whether we get paid or not. Our pay is coming from the Lord He'll take care of our needs. He'll watch over us in the things that we do if we stay faithful to him. And here was an opportunity for Jochebed and Amram to see God do a work that would have impact for all the rest of the history of the world. They didn't know that. But we don't know what impact we're going to have on the next generation and the next generation and the next generation until the Lord comes again. Our What we do for God is going to carry on. It's going to have effect. It's going to do what God intends for it to do until he comes again. Only then is our job description going to change, and are we going to be in heaven with the Lord to do whatever it is he has for us to do. And that will not be floating around on a cloud, strumming on a harp. I used to play guitar, tried to play guitar. And I was so bad, Jackie said, sell it. I can't do that to the glory of the Lord because it's awful when it's coming from my hands and my guitar. But there are others who can bring glory to the Lord through that. Here's a baby. We don't know the potential when we see that baby, but God does. And God guides the whole process. Have you ever really stopped to think, that the things that are happening in your life are because God is guiding the process. Even the times you get sick. Even the cancer that you have to deal with. Even the difficulties on the job. Whatever you have happen in your life, it is because God wants to use you to make a statement for him. In the world, through your life, through your language, through everything you do, you have the opportunity to be a testimony for God. So the woman met Miriam's mom, who was Moses's mom, and took her to be The one to raise up Moses. Moses' life can be divided into three sections. The first 40 years, he's a prince. The second 40 years, he's a pauper. The third 40. covered all of his life, I wish we could take the time to study more particularly the life of Moses and the things that happened to him. In the first 40 years, when Moses was a prince, he was very self-centered, and he got to thinking, I guess, that he was God's answer to the problem with the Jews and so one day he saw a Jew and an Egyptian fighting and he went over and to stop the fight he killed the Egyptian now in a lot of cultures in a lot of minds that's the way to take care of the enemy That's the way to gain freedom. You kill the other side so that they can't do anything to you, but that's never been God's plan or God's way of doing things. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. By the love you have for one another, you will be known as believers. We are to live By love. Not by war. So, it doesn't mean that we can't protect ourselves. It doesn't mean that we don't have the right to do that or a nation doesn't have the right to do that. But when God works to accomplish his purpose, everything he does, he does in love. So, Moses... Took things in his own hands and killed the Egyptian. And where to see if anybody was watching, and he didn't see anybody that was watching what was going on. But the next day, he had two of the Hebrews who were fighting each other. And he went to be the peacemaker to stop the fight. And in the midst of trying to interject himself into that squabble, one of those men said, Oh, you want to do to one of us what you did to that Egyptian yesterday? And Moses knew that he had been found out. Now Moses was the grandson of Pharaoh by adoption. some of those wilderness areas. And he goes there for 40 years. He doesn't know how long he's going to be there. He goes and he runs into a fellow named Jethro. Well, actually, he runs into his seven daughters first. And um, he defends them at the well, and the result is that he ends up Going home with them, and Jethro takes him into the family, gives him one of his daughters, and and for around the wilderness, I like to call that his years of being in wilderness U. or in the University of Hard Knocks. Because everything that happened to him in those times was far different than the first 40 years when all he had to do was say a word and they brought it to him. Now he had to work like a dog or everything. The good news about that 40 years of difficulty is that it's many times in the will when God is able to do His greatest work. When He is able, through the difficulties that we face, to lift us up. To help us to understand that our life is not just our life, but it's His life, and He has purpose and meaning in in what He intends to happen with our lives. And if it means us going through the fire, we'll be ready to go through the fire. Because that's what God asks of us. And we, with the Hebrew children, can say, you know, my God has the power to deliver me from this. But even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down and serve any other God than God. You do what you want, King Nebuchadnezzar. And sure enough, God did what he wanted in demonstrating to Nebuchadnezzar that there wasn't a fire hot enough to burn the three Hebrew children. It was as though God air-conditioned the furnace. When they came out, there was not a bit of the smell of fire. There was no indication that they had ever been close to that fire. They didn't sweat. Man, God watched over them. And Nebuchadnezzar had to say, who is like the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? For Jochebed and for Amram, the praise that they could give is, who is like our God who can deliver us from the dangers and difficulties of Pharaoh? And the answer is, there is no God like our God. Do you have that understanding? Do you have that feeling? Do you have that certainty in your life that you are a child of God and there is nothing that can ever happen to you that will take you out of his hands. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. The answer is that God is great and God is mighty and he can take care of their needs. Now, To indicate to you a little of how God was at work. There was a day when Moses was out tending the sheep. And over here on this mountain, he saw something that was just unbelievable. He saw a bush that was burning. But the bush was not burning. There was no ash under it. There was nothing to indicate that that it was being destroyed. But that fire was, was, was being provided through that bush. I've got to go see about that. And he went. He had a meeting with God at that burning bush. Moses was probably close to 80 years old. And it's not until then that he has his call for the service that God has for him to do. He's 80 years old almost. And finally, God says, now Moses, this is what I want you to do. Look with me at at Exodus chapter 3. Beginning with verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Have you ever watched the show The Ten Commandments? Moses, go down to Egypt. Moses, go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. You've seen it. You remember it. It's really dramatic. One of Carlton Heston's finest moments. But God has those fine moments every day. There's not a day that goes by that he isn't saying to Satan on behalf of somebody who is coming to know Jesus as Savior, let my people go. And he says of us, Satan, you may tempt them. You may get them to do things that they shouldn't do, but they are my people and I hold them in my hand and you can never, 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 never have them because they are mine. Listen, with that kind of confidence, as some of the preachers used to say, we ought to be able to charge heaven with a squirt or hell with a squirt gun. Because we know that God's going to deliver us. We know that God's going to work. We know that God is the one who has all power and all authority and is working everything for his good and for our good. We don't need to be guilty of sitting around just enjoying the sinful world when we need to be involved in the spiritual work that God has for us to do. You see, here's the challenge. We'll never be able to fly like eagles if we spend all of our time being like turkeys. and we weren't made to be turkeys we weren't made to be eagles either but we were made to in the spiritual sense of walking with God and seeing him do a work in our lives so the challenge for every person who claims the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning Is that in this year, with everything that comes my way, can I represent the Lord Jesus Christ? Can I, in some way, lift up the Lord? Can I be the person that God sends me to be to work in those circumstances? There is no excuse because God answers every excuse. Because you see, what God wants to do is supernatural. He doesn't want to see what we can do naturally. He wants to demonstrate what can happen through us when he is working through us. That's the depths of what it means when we sing the song, I surrender all, A-L-L. And what does all mean? It means all. So can you, in this new year, in the time that God provides for you as you march through this historic year that there's going to be in our country and around the world, can you stand with and for the Lord in such a way that he gets the glory, that his praise is, is lifted up, that his power is seen? Can you be one of those that brings glory to God? From the day that Moses saw the burning bush, he was never the same. He made excuses for a little while, but he obeyed. And when he obeyed, he was able to go back to Egypt and do what nobody thought could ever be done. Pharaoh, let my people go. How many people is Satan holding today that we could have part in seeing that grip he has broken? God's will being worked out in their lives. It's a big challenge. It is a huge challenge. But our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is more powerful. And if he asks us to do it, we'll be able to do it because he'll do it through us. Father, we come this morning asking in this moment that your spirit will have his way in our hearts and lives. Asking that the reality of the way that Moses surrendered himself to you and and became the great man that he became in those last 40 years of his life. We don't know our potential yet. And our potential will never be realized until we are surrendered to you and letting you take control of our lives. So, Father... May we be able to take up this challenge that you have laid before us. And may the world never be the same again because you do amazing and great work through your children. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation. And an invitation is a time when we can declare our allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, by declaring that we accept Him as our Savior, that we believe that our life will be better, our our impact will be greater, our love will be fuller, our joy will be greater, our peace will be unsurpassable. Because were surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've never had that moment when you realized that you were a sinner in need of a Savior and that Jesus is the only solution to the problem, then maybe right now, the Holy Spirit is going to be tugging at your heart, pulling at your heartstrings saying, come to me, let me be the one who changes you and makes you useful for the rest of your life so that you can bring glory to me and you can fulfill the greatest destiny possible, a child of God. This invitation is for you in order that you can make that kind of a declaration. And I assure you that if you do that, this congregation will, will be encouraging you and supporting you and blessed that you have made this decision. And I also know that in heaven, the angels will be rejoicing. Hallelujah. Another child of God. Another one who can be a part of the great work that God has. So the invitation is for you. And then if there's some other way that the Lord speaks to you to become a member of this church or to do some kind of special service, we invite you to come so that we can celebrate you in the direction God is giving you in your life. So stand, please. Be honest with God and yourself. Let God speak to you as we have this time of invitation.
1: That's weary, tending a load of care. Are you a soul that that's seeking me. rest from the burden?
2: Or stanza, will you will you respond if the Lord's speaking in your heart? Where
1: is your heart, Oh, pilgrim? What does your life?
0: God for brother Terry and the word that he has brought this morning I want you to be seated for just about one minute brother Eli has a little uh, a little video I think that you will enjoy seeing of your student pastor
2: well good morning church family this is amazing I'm standing right here on the edge of the Sea of Galilee in the city of Capernaum this is the place where Jesus uh, started and where his ministry was based out I just walked out of a synagogue that he had taught in and it was amazing the things I've seen
0: scripture come alive
2: I want to thank you guys for giving me this opportunity to come and experience the land where our savior walked
0: words of scripture are literally coming alive right before me
2: hope you are doing well look forward to seeing you next week
0: We praise God for that. Thank you, Brother Terry. I encourage you. Please be back this evening. Please be back this evening and hear the conclusion of the challenge as we go into 2023. We love each and every one of you. May God bless you. Have a glorious, glorious day. Again, I say thank you, Brother Terry. God bless you and you're dismissed.